Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. appreciates it and I have to say we have like I told myself don't use the word like um, we have the best pastor and his wife I'm not gonna lie I just I love these guys they are the best they lead our church Um, if you're not fearlessly we think you do lead us fearlessly so um, I know as pastors for many years we I was not fearless at all in fact God has brought me a long way, but I just want to thank everybody, and I want to thank especially Pastor Rex and Amy just for just for being you guys. We thank you guys for that. Okay, moving, yes, you know, that's true. Um, our theme, oh, and I want to thank my husband. Oh, my goodness. He's amazing. He's like, do you want me to do some stuff for your slides? And I'm like, uh, Yeah. And then he does all this great stuff, and I'm like, okay, wait, do I have to follow that? And he's like, no, you, you follow your notes, honey. We'll, we'll deal with it. And I said, okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> so, and forgive me, my voice has been a little bit on the, on the edgy side lately, so I, I hope I don't squeak too loud if I make a point. Then you'll know it was a, an important one, right? So, Okay, fashion created for purpose. Get back on track here. Um, when you think about this, just like this young lady was saying, that is – it's encouraging to know that we were not just an accident. We, we have been made purposefully. And I'm going to kind of walk through some of that with you guys tonight. Um, and that's one thing I want to do tonight is encourage you guys. I want to be an encouragement, not just women. I'm kind of closer to them, but the men as well. You guys are as important as all, I mean, we all are. So um, in Ephesians 2.10... Do I, need to, do I need to say do that, or do you guys just do that? I know, right? I'm like, magically, it appears. <laughs> um, Ephesians 2.10, <laughs> sorry, says, We are God's handiwork. We are or his craftsmanship. We are created by him to do good works. Now, when I first started preparing for this, I thought, okay, oh, a theme. So let's think. I, I want to stick to the theme. So, okay, purpose. We're here for a purpose. So let's, let's do definitions, right? That old school teacher thing kind of comes out in me. Definitions. And boy, do I love my computer and all the things on that. It's like, definitions, thank you so much. I didn't have to go find a dictionary at all. So, Okay, purpose. It's a noun, right? And in my brain, in my, my little feeble brain, I always think of purpose as like what I'm doing. So it seems more like action-oriented, but really purpose is a noun. Um, The definition is it's a reason for which something is done, created, or exists. A synonym could be a goal or plan or objective. It also can mean an intention or an aim. I aim to do that. That's a southern thing. I aim to do that. My purpose is to do that. Okay, so that's kind of also a, a synonym. And then the last kind of thing it means is a function. A function, a role, or a use. Um, 
again, these, these make me think of doing, but purpose is a noun. Um, so if we think about this, things are fashioned, us, and all these things around us have been fashioned for a purpose. I'm sorry, I can't get too far from these or I'll go off crazy. Like, um, Being a woman, too, when I start thinking of, of purposes, functions, my favorite room in the house, the kitchen, I always go there. So um, the things in my kitchen, most of those are very specific, extremely specific. Um, some things can have various uses, you know, you see on the commercials, it slices, it dices, it does all these other things, you know. But, okay, my stove, I couldn't live without my stove, but it is not a refrigerator. No matter how hard I try, I could put my ice cubes on that stove. It will not give me ice. It just won't. It will not vacuum up my mess that I make. It's not my vacuum. Um, my toaster is not my dishwasher. I could put my toast in that dishwasher, and it's not going to do a thing for me. It's specific. Um, my washing machine is not a, well, maybe it could be a blender. You could, you know, you could get creative there. And I said it's not a coffee maker, but again, we could get creative. I just go ahead and throw the grounds in my coffee or in my machine, and I hit the short cycle, and I got coffee. Hot water? No, I'm kidding. I don't think I would want to drink it. But anyway, most appliances are extremely specific that we have. Um, it's pretty rare to find one that is, and especially in our kitchen. Um, now, when they are used up, they're out of here. Um, I have a few... Hold on just a second. They're out of there. Unless we want to recycle, and this is just a little side note, I like to recycle, and I love to see when people do creative things with things that, like, have no more purpose. Um, look at this. Somebody did a cardboard box and CDs, and they made a little children's stove. Isn't that adorable? That is so cute. And an old refrigerator became a pantry. Why not? Um... And look at this. A refrigerator became a dog's bed or a dog's house. Pretty cool. Take the door off. Do not suffocate your dog to death. So, and how about this? The washing machine, or is that dryer or washer? It's a washer. Look at that. It's got wood in it, and they make it into a little pit out the backyard. They, they, they make a little thing that you can gather around. Okay. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> Your old spoon, what do you do with that? You make a door handle for it. What else? And this was probably my favorite. It looks like an old medicine chest or something, but an old suitcase. Those hard-sided ones, they stuck it on the wall and used it for their medicine chest. Like, that's awesome. Is that the last one? Okay. So these were just kind of a side note, kind of cool, double functions, recycle people. And that's all I'll say about that. Okay. So back to purpose. Okay. My reason for being, the intention for which I was made, my function, and the question is, why did God fashion me this way? Um, well, you know what? I have to tell you, my first point is, you were made exactly right. Exactly. You were made, each of you. I'm sorry if I, my pointer finger's out there. Ah, I've been married to a preacher for a long time, haven't I? Sorry about that. Um, but you were made exactly right, each of you. There is nothing, even though we can point to things, where we are our hardest critics of ourselves. We really are. But you were each made exactly right. Not a thing about you was made wrong. Not a thing. 
in Psalm 139, we read, um, I think starts at verse 13, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. He's a big God. And this was back before technology told us anything. And David still said, you saw me. You saw me way before. And here's something that's really a great thought. He still made us. He still did it. Even when he saw, you know, ooh, yeah, but I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to do it. There's not anything about us that God didn't know. He made us, and he knew exactly Every physical part of us, not just spiritual, but every physical part, every quirk, every struggle, every tendency that we would have. And guess what? He called us good. He called us good. Um, We can look at Eve. I know sometimes we just want to, maybe I messed it up for us. But um, in, um, let's see, where am I? Genesis, I believe it's the first chapter, verse 27, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And that is also a really huge thing when you consider we are made in his image. God God blessed the man and the woman. He said, be fruitful, increase in number, purpose, fill and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. Some more purpose. Um, And what I love about it is in verse 31, he says, God saw all that he made. And this is the only day he says this. And it was very good. On that sixth day, he made us. And it was very good. All the other days it says, and he saw it was good. It was awesome. But on that sixth day, he said, it was very good. Um, There was evening and morning, and that was the sixth day. And then in Genesis 2, the Lord said, oh, it's not good for man to be alone. We all love this, women, don't we? (laughs) Yes, it is not good. I'm going to make him a helper. That's our purpose. So the Lord caused him to fall asleep. You know the story. The rib was taken out, and and woman was made. She was made for a purpose, specifically. Um, The two together, which is so cool, when you put the attributes of God, when you see all of those, the attributes that he gave to the male species and then the female species together, we make up the image of God and the Godhead. I mean, when you consider all the, the human attributes, I mean, we are not omnipotent. I wish I was omnipotent or something, but um, the human attributes are made complete between a man and a woman. I'm not going to get any more descriptive than that, people. Just take that for what it's worth. And you know what the thing was is when he made woman, he called her good, but he saw. He saw her down the road. He saw her. He saw that she was capable of sinning. He saw that she indeed could be disobedient. But he still went through with it, and he knew what it was going to cost him. Way back then, he knew it, and he still did it. He still did it. So which brings me to my next point. And I'm going to, I love, um, 
when I have like object lesson kinds of things. I'm going to try something here. Hopefully it will go okay. I asked Amy and she said I could, but I didn't tell her what it was. <laughs> okay. Um, the second point is sin has messed us all up. It's messed us all up. So, um, okay, I was going to kind of point out to some of these, these vases and vessels. I kind of forgot to do that. But you can see all the different vessels, the things that are made up here. Um, most of these are without flaw. They're pretty, they're pretty nice. They're beautiful. And that's how I think God made us is, is kind of flawless to begin with. You hold that new baby in your arms. You're like, there is no way this was conceived in sin. No. This is perfect. This baby is perfect until they look at you at two and go, I hate you. Oh, I guess maybe there is a thing in that, isn't there? Okay. I've never said that to this child. I don't know where they heard that, but they did. Okay. Anyway, each of these vessels can be very beautiful. Some of them, um, this one came from Haiti, quite useful. Uh, let's see, where's my, this one is kind of special for me. I actually got this for my wedding years ago, and it still is not cracked. I can't. That's a, that for me. How many moves, honey? And it still is whole. So, anyway, these are different vessels. Some are more earthy than others. You look around. Some are are real pretty. Some are, yeah, they're okay. You know, they're all right. <laughs> kind of like us. Yeah. Some are awesome, elegant, perfect, uh, sophisticated. Some of us are just kind of. Earthy, is that right? So anyway, I'm going to take this. I'm going to have to lay my mic down. I'll try to talk loud. Thank you, thank you. Put the hammer. I was starting to do this, wasn't I? <laughs> there is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. We have together become worthless. That vase is worthless now. 
There is no one who does good, not even one. And that's pretty specific. Um, As perfectly as we each have been made, we also know that we have kind of been marred from that perfection with our choices. For whatever reasons, we often find ourselves not reflecting the beautiful attributes that God has given us. Honesty, compassion, loyalty, kindness, and of course, love. And what's really hard is when they aren't shown to us, do we just automatically show those right back to people? No, I I don't anyway. I have a real hard time with that. In fact, it doesn't take very much for me to get set off. Did you see how she looked at me? I I think that she meant something by that. My husband will go, what? She didn't didn't do anything. Oh, yes, she did. I saw it. You want to do this, don't you? (laughs) And you know what? That is not an attribute of God. This is not an attribute at all, at all. It's not even close. We have a very difficult time showing love to others when it's not shown to us, even though we've all been given the capacity for all of those um, attributes. We, we have a hard time showing them. And even so, God, in verse 23, says, or it says, I'm sorry, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then in 24, he gives us a promise, though. We are all justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Jesus Christ at the cost of his life. He allows us to become better than what we, what we are. The next verse that talks about being justified, it says it's for everyone. And I love that. I, I, I don't understand when people say, oh, Christianity is just for the good, the good people or the, the certain socioeconomic group or whatever. It's not for everybody. We can't do that. Guess what? God leveled the field. It's for everybody. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter um, if you are a man or a woman. It doesn't matter what your race is, your nationality. It does not matter. It doesn't matter your ability, your inability. It doesn't matter. He says, all can come. You're disabled. All can come. Um, I don't want to take too long here. I just want to tell you a really quick story about um, a foster brother that I had. His name was John Patrick Murphy, and he basically lived with us his whole life. He had Down syndrome, and he was... A hoot. I don't know what else to say it. He was funny. And our favorite thing in church was to sit next to John because if we teased him, he was loud and he would tell us off, just stop it, Libby. You know, and we're like, you know, it, it was just a thing. You know, you're kind of mean to each other. And we always used to try, though, to get him to come to church. He hated church because he, he had to sit still and he usually fell asleep. Um, one year we were down visiting mom and dad, and John was in his late 20s by this time, and we were... Uh, at church, and the pastor had an altar call, and John ran down to the altar, and I was like, John's going to the altar? I never even thought he paid any attention to God or paid any attention to anything, and, and, you know, he hated it. He would bring his socks with him, and he would sit like this and talk to his socks. I hate church, you know, he'd say things like this. I just want to go back home and watch TV. He would just, he would sit there. Like I said, he was a hoot, and he, he, you know, with somebody that's got Down syndrome, there's no filter, they love you wholly and unabashedly, but they also will tell you how it is. So, um, and John was running down to the altar, and he said, I went down, and I followed him. I was like, John, can I pray with you about something? He said, I just want all that, I, all that God has for me. And his very broken um, talking, and I, I was just crying, and I said, Mom, what's going on with him? And she goes, 
I don't know, just this last year, he's really been seeking God. And it was wonderful. And one year later, John was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And it made me realize how much God loved him. He spoke to John. He ministered to him through the whole thing. He only lasted three months after the diagnosis. He was gone very quickly. And he was scared. He would say, pray for me. I don't like this. And he was in pain. He wanted to be healed. God did take him home. He did heal him. But it was hard. But I guess the miracle that I saw was that God spoke to his heart and called him. He called him. We might want to write people that have um, challenges, Down syndrome, whatever, write them off. Well, they just don't, you know, they don't quite understand. He fully understood. And he fully accepted Christ. And he, I have no doubt, he is in heaven with my mom now. And that was, that was always her baby that didn't grow up. So I think that it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I digress. I am so sorry. Um, so anyway, I got to this point talking about that God will let anybody come to his table. And I'm writing this, and I'm like, I said, hallelujah, God, hallelujah. You don't, you don't turn anybody away. And I wanted to do a big shout of hallelujah with you guys. And Dan said, mm, don't make people do that. And I said, why not? Sorry, honey, I'm telling on you a little bit. Because um, when I'm preaching to him, I said, say it with me. Say it with me. And he goes, hallelujah, all right. <laughs> But you guys want to try a shout? Do you know that a shout is quite stress-relieving? A shout to the Lord is, all, is really quite powerful. Um, thank you. Oh, God bless you. God bless you, Drake. Um, you know, it worked for Joshua at the Battle of Jericho. Did they really fight? They shouted. It worked for Gideon and Judges. They shouted. The sword of the Lord and Gideon. So I just want to do that. If you guys don't mind, I like that. I'll count to three. All right? And I just want you to shout it, though. I don't want you to go, hallelujah. Did anybody else say that as loud as me? No, I want you to say it loud, okay? Are we, on, are we streaming? Oh, sorry, people. You know, don't, don't, <laughs> don't be intimidated. We're all brothers and sisters. I'm going to count to three. Let's shout hallelujah. And the reason we're shouting is because God doesn't respect people, and I feel like that's a hallelujah point. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Oh, let's do it again. That felt really good. One, two, three. Hallelujah! Woo! Sorry. Don't startle people when you do that, you know. But I have found in my life that when things are hard by myself, I will shout to the Lord a praise, and it is really quite freeing. Okay, moving on. All right, my last point is that even though we were, excuse me, we were made perfect, we were made just right, sin has messed us up, but guess what? Number three is God is still going to fulfill his purpose in you, in each one of you. Now, um, we are marred, we're broken, we do need work, and fortunately, though, God doesn't allow us to come to him only for us to be used in our brokenness. We can be, but, okay, I'm going to try this and hopefully don't, if there's blood and I'm out, you know, just, just, I'm going to try and pick out a piece of this glass. Is everybody cringing besides me? Yeah. Okay, here we go. This is not quite usable, is it? It's really not very usable. 
This was part of that. It was whole. It was beautiful. But what's left over is not usable. Um, and I, I had these grandiose ideas that I was going to take all this glass and make something beautiful and show you guys that. And then God reminded me, honey, your vessel did not get the artistic touch. So I just <laughs> left it at that. I left it and I said, I will show that to them. But if this vessel like this tried to come to Jesus, uh, guess what? There's a lot of sharp edges. It's dangerous. It can be cut. I'm going to let you draw your own parallel that way to your own life, right? Some of us can be a little edgy at times. Okay, we'll just stop there. There's lots of sharp edges. Um, and you know what? If that vase wanted to, is it going to fix itself? It cannot. And dare I say, neither can we. As broken people, we cannot fix ourselves. We can try. And I've talked to people that said, I just got to get myself right. I got to get myself disciplined, and I'm going to be okay. I'll come to church then when I get fixed. And it's like, well, you really need to come to church now. And you know what? With God being the great inviter, he invites everybody. I think we as a church do that too. We invite everybody I know sometimes people are outside the church doors, and they don't think that that's what's happening in here, but it really is. We are not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter. Come. Come as you are. The fixer, he doesn't just reside here. He's out there too, but come as you are and submit. Submit your life to God. Okay. Um, we often try to fix ourselves, but we can't heal our brokenness. But guess what? There is good news. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new cre- the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new has come. I mean, the precursor is, if anyone is in Christ, that new comes. Um, wow, that's also kind of a shouting hallelujah. I won't make you do that again, you guys. So if you want to in your brains, just go for it. I, you know, hallelujah. Our God specializes in miracles. That's one of my favorite sayings is God is not done with miracles today. He is still doing miracles every single day. Now, I love to see a real miracle like, oh, my goodness, did you see that blind guy? He can see now. And in the Bible, you know, the the miracles that Jesus did. I would love to have been there to see that. Um, Somebody gets up and walks. The lame. Somebody is healed from cancer. Somebody is healed from addictions. It's like, that's miraculous. I have known people that have been healed from addictions, like overnight. They had it one day, and the next day they did not. That is a miracle. And I love to see that. But you know what? I feel like most of our miracles are carried around in us. God's miracles are carried around us. We don't do miracles. We are not magical. I thought I could do a magic trick, too, and, I, and God also said, Honey, don't, just, just don't do that. It's okay. Don't embarrass yourself worse than you will. Okay. But his miracles are being carried around in us. Um, His spirit is living in us. It is dwelling in us. It is healing us. It is guiding us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. And knowing that he is a God who cannot abide sin in any shape or form. He cannot abide sin. I feel like that this is... um, a reassurance that he is working in us. When we have yielded our lives to him, he is working in us. He is, he is shaping us. He's, he's creating new. And if he can't live with sin, but he's living in us, guess what that means? He has forgiven us. Our sins are forgiven. 
They are forgiven. They are gone. And that's, that, to me, is such an assurance to know that if he's working in me, then I am truly forgiven. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, Paul gives a rather lengthy, and I'll let you read it, rather disturbing list of what the Corinthians once were. You know, he calls them all kinds of things. And um, at the end of that, in verse 11, he says, And just as that is what some of you were, you are now washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We were, we were washed, sanctified. I'm not worse. Excuse me. We are washed, sanctified, and justified. The work is ongoing. It doesn't stop. And I, I love that. That is an assurance to know that he is working in me. He's not going to just forgive me at redemption and say, heal thyself. It just doesn't work. God has to work in us daily, and we need, but we need to be submitted to him daily, too, yielded to him. Now, the Corinthians didn't need a lot of instruction. They were kind of a messed up group of people. There was a lot of idolatry. There was a lot of all kinds of really rough stuff happening there. Um, Paul did not mince his words. The same is for us today. We need a lot of instruction in righteousness. Uh, I shouldn't talk about you guys. I need a lot of instruction in righteousness. And sometimes I feel like that I'm never going to learn the lessons God is trying to get me, me to learn. Do you ever say that to yourself? Ugh, I'm going to go around this mountain again, aren't I? <sighs> this is just hard. It's hard sometimes to let fear go. It's hard sometimes to control my mouth. It's hard sometimes to trust in the midst of, of tough stuff. And you know what? He is so patient. We just go around again. All right, let's, let's do this again. I don't know. I homeschooled my kids and, um, for a lot of years, and I remember, all right, let's, let's do this again. We're going to get it, you know, for whatever it was. Sorry, Abby, do you feel like you're... Okay. Not until I just pointed you out, right? <laughs> um, now, it seems like it's slow at times. Like I said, you go around that mountain. It seems slow. But as I'm getting older and I look back, I go, wow, Lord, you have made me so much better than what I was. And I know when we're young, we're immature. And I was immature. I was scared. I was scared if Dan left to go for like a half hour. I'm like, okay, okay, everything's okay, okay. All right, I'm okay. I'm here. I'm not going to hide underneath the table from fear. I'm okay. It's like, don't ask me what I was afraid of. I don't know. So that's where I know I've grown. I don't hide under the table anymore, you know. In fact, sometimes I go, were you going out of town this weekend? When the kids were little, I'm like, we really would like to make GAC again. Are you going somewhere? Isn't there something you need to go to? <laughs> anyway, um, I have come very far. And fortunately, our God is patient. He is patient. He is patient. He is patient with us. Um, we may not see it all the time, but he is making us new. So back to my, my points there. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created to do good works. Um, so what is my purpose? That's what this whole thing is about. What is my purpose? It says it right there. It's pretty simple. Good works. Oh. Okay. So what does that mean? Well... Um, honestly, I used to pray and beg. That was part of the immaturity, I guess. And agonize, God, just show me your will. Please let me know what you want me to do. I don't know what I thought he was going to do. You know, smack me, send someone to give me some major prophetic thing. I don't know. 
give me a million dollars and let me do what I want with it. I don't know what he was going to do. But, you know, when I was young, that's what I would do. I'd cry. I would I would just spend hours, at the, not hours, but I would spend time at the altar just crying. I just want to know your will, God. I didn't want to mess it up. I really didn't. I didn't want to mess it up. And and even when my kids were young, I still, I still would go to the altar often and just say, I just want to know what you want me to do. I mean, I had four kids at home. Sometimes I think I was hoping he'd say, I would like you to get a job outside of the home. I would like you to go to work every morning. Just leave it all behind you and go to work every morning. Punch that time clock, come home, and the house will be perfect. Don't worry about it. It's fine. But he did not say that to me. He did not. In fact, I felt like... Um, and this was, this was years ago, but I felt like he spoke to me in my spirit, and he said, <sighs> probably sighed. He said, um, what are you doing right now? I don't know. What am I doing? I'm crying and pray, praying and begging. He said, what is in your hand right now? What have I given you right now to do? I want you to do that. I want you to do that thing. Whatever it is I've given you right now, you are here for a purpose. There's no question about, oh, am I doing the right thing? If he's given that to you, you are, you are in his spirit, or his spirit's in you. What has he given you right now? That's your purpose. Those are, those are the works, the good works that he was, has given you to do. Um, if you struggle, just remember that he's making you new daily. You submit your heart and your life to him. And it says in Romans 8, 28, we know that all things God, in all things, God works for good to those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And back in Ephesians where it says we're prepared to do good works, purpose and good works. It's not, it's not difficult now. I'm not going to say everything he gives you to do is simple. When you're as fearful as I was, just, just talking to someone or if you'd say, go pray with that someone, I'm like, oh, I don't think that's from you, God. I think that's from my own brain. I thought it's not from you. Like my own brain would tell me to go pray with somebody. I don't know. Anyway, so I would, and it was not always easy. And I don't always know that I, I did it correctly, but he kept working with me. He keeps working with me. Um, he's helped me with a lot of fears. And I feel like I am becoming a new creation, even though days don't, it doesn't feel that way. We are. We all are. Okay. Now then, like I said, I was going to do this beautiful glass masterpiece for you all, but I decided no. So I kind of did a magic trick, but not really. I think you'll see through it, probably. So the crushed vase was a mess. God can put that back together, and he can make something quite beautiful and again mind you I'm not the artistic one same kind of vase now if I had put that in the first vase it would have been pretty but would it have been like that um, this is supposed to represent like broken pieces put back together but it, it's all you know, it's glue and tissue paper, just if you're wondering. It's really not magical. But, um, but isn't that pretty? And that's what he does with us. Even though we've been broken, even though we've had t tough stuff happen to us, he makes us shine for him. 
and we reflect for him his glory, his majesty, his compassion, his love. He, he is a good God. Um, and I think, okay, it says to recap, I don't want to get out of order here, but I don't want to mess up the moment either. So just remember, you were made exactly right. You were made beautiful. Nothing about you was not right, no matter how you were made. Sin did mess us up. It really messed us up. Some worse than others, but it messed us up. But he will fulfill his purpose in you. He will. When we submit and we yield every day to God, he will. He will fulfill his purpose. Thank you. Thank you. A little louder. Can you do that a little louder, Drake? Thank you. That's awesome. If the worship team wants to come back up. Um, I just want you guys to take a few moments. Just meditate on that. It's pretty simplistic, and I'm kind of preaching to a choir here. I know that, but thank you. Thank you for allowing me to do it. I appreciate each one of you. I love and cherish you. Um, but let's just, let's just meditate for a moment on yielding ourselves constantly. It's not just, oh, evening church, I'll yield today. But it's, it's every day. It's every minute, really. It's not even... A question of, do we take time off? So if anybody, too, well, the altars will be open while they're playing. If anybody needs prayer or you want to talk, whatever, they're, they're open. But just think about that. Um, and don't be afraid. We're all created. We're all broken. But we all are fulfilling God's purpose. Don't be afraid of each other, either. We need each other desperately as a family of God. We are created for a purpose to do good works for him. Thank you so much.